to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, bright lights, it's Angela, and I am so psyched to be with you here today. Lots of great things going on, lots of big energy moving, which leads me to today's podcast topic. Are you more afraid of success or failure? So if you've been listening to this show and following along in our community, you've hopefully been learning just a little bit about the mindset of success, about saying yes to things that matter, about how to get clarity around what you really love to do, how to align what you love to do with what's out there, how to build your network, how to strategically work on projects, how to delegate, how to be seen as a leader, right? These are all the things that we focus on in this community. And if you've started doing them even a little bit, right? You know, we can talk about the 10% shift. If you just made an hour out of your day to focus on the things you're most aligned with, what miracles could happen. If you just changed your attitude or the story you were telling yourself about the people you deal with, what miracles could happen. As you've done this, what you probably will notice, guaranteed if you do it, is that you see a shift immediately. And that shift starts to accrete, starts to turn into a snowball, then get bigger and bigger and bigger. And at first, that feels really good, right? Oh, I'm getting what I wanted. I had a win. We like the wins. But then you might notice, kind of like a set point, a thermostat, right? That there is a point where you cannot in your system tolerate going above that. You've created this artificial ceiling for yourself based on the amount of success you are comfortable with receiving. And it seems counterintuitive, right? Why would anybody fear success? How could you possibly fear success, right? Good things are good things, more please. Except the reasons we fear success is because success starts to change us. When we're more successful, when we see more possibilities, when we evolve, we might notice that we're not as much of a match for people in our lives because they haven't been doing that same work. And now what used to feel like great conversations just feels off and wrong and negative to you. And when you try to share 
what you're learning and how you're growing, you're met with skepticism. And you may even feel like not everybody is happy for you as you succeed. You may notice some people are a little jealous, a little resistant of your success. We fear that. It may not actually happen. It does to an extent, but as people fall away, new people come into your life who are supportive of you, who you do resonate more closely to, and it goes from there, right? You can always make new friends. You can always continue to expand your network. The people that kind of fall away, it's not like you're kicking them out of your network or you're never going to talk to them again, but they're just not the people you spend the most time with. That's okay. That's normal. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're a snob, but we fear that. We worry so much about being part of the group, that hardwired need we have as humans for belonging makes us fear success. James Clear, who's the author of the book Atomic Habits, which is a bestseller, so you've probably heard of it, has said since he wrote the book and people have asked him, you know, which of the things you identify matter the most, that actually the most important habit you can have is who you become friends with. Fear of success is exactly why. Because when you feel like the people in your life are happy for you, excited for you, supporting you, asking you what you're going to do next, coaching you through the stuck points, giving you ideas, introducing you to other people, helping you make it happen, it doesn't feel overwhelming to succeed. It feels really great and you feel like you belong even more. But if the people you're around are jealous of you, tell you you've changed, or shoot down your ideas, or don't believe what you believe is possible, is possible, it kind of drags you down. We also sometimes fear success because it feels like more. And more if you are dealing with already being really busy, having a lot on your plate, grappling with the stress of it all, feeling overwhelmed, starts to feel a little less appealing, right? So we tell ourselves, we hold ourselves back because we say, I don't have the energy for that. The thought of being more successful is kind of, exhausting. Have you ever felt that? And when you feel that way, what are you going to do? You're going to put a cap on your success. So even though you have all the tools you need to be more successful, you're only going to use them when you're ready to take a little half step now and again. You're not going to use them every day. You're not going to be pedal to the floor. Let's go. Because the thought of going is exhausting. The best way that I can advise you to move past that is when we do things that we feel really good about, we get more energy. So I recently did a podcast interview with Tim Hawk, 
who is FAIA, he's been past president of AI Ohio, treasurer at AI National. And one of the things that Tim shared is that, yes, he is a firm owner. And yes, part of that is doing a lot of work looking at things like financials that are not a lot of fun that you're doing after hours. So when you get an invitation, say, to be on a student jury or panel group discussion, the temptation might be to say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. But by saying yes, he comes back from that experience so lit up, so energized that he can whip through the tasks that he has to do quicker and more efficiently than he could have if he had just been flogging himself and just trying to get through and push and make himself do it because it's a deadline and we got to cross it off the list. So success is not exhausting. Success feeds you. The other really cool thing that happens with success is that you get more resources. And those resources look a lot of different ways. You get more money, which lets you do things like maybe work with a nutritionist or a personal trainer or get monthly massages that help you keep your energy up. Maybe you can hire a nanny or a babysitter more often. So the resource of money helps you do things that feed your energy. As you're successful, you get the resource of people. So now you can delegate more things, which means you can do more, take on more, lead more, because you don't have to do every part of every project or every initiative that you're interested in. More success means that you have political capital. And what is political capital? Well, it means your influence. So now people are going to ask your opinion. Or if you offer a thought, people are going to take notice in a way that they wouldn't if you weren't as successful, right? You know, we call it street cred. When you walk the walk, people believe you when you talk the talk. But, you know, so often people can talk a good game, but they can't deliver. If you're successful, nobody doubts when you talk the talk. They know you can deliver. They know you can do it. This is what success gets you. If you didn't want to be successful because you thought it was going to be exhausting, look at all these great energy-giving resources that would frankly help anybody, but that aren't as available to you because you said no to things, because you held yourself back. A third big reason why people are afraid of being successful is imposter syndrome. This is a big one for a lot of people. We don't really believe because we don't really have the self-esteem that we deserve the success. 
And sure, there is nothing you can do that you can't look around and find someone else who can do it as well or better. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And also, sometimes the people that we touch, because we say yes to success, we are the one voice they can listen to. Sometimes the famous expert has lost touch with what it felt like to be on the bottom, taking that first step up the ladder. Their advice, their messaging can really be kind of exclusive for people who are closer to their level. If you were to say, I'm afraid of success because I'm not as good as some famous, well-established architect who's winning awards all the time. You're missing out that you are more accessible to the person who is maybe five to 10 years in their career, who needs you, who needs to see somebody who's just one or two steps ahead of them and who hasn't forgotten what it feels like to be where they are. Far from being an imposter, exactly who you are, knowing exactly what you know, being exactly where you are in your career is meaningful and is valuable to the people that need to hear it. You can make a difference. I always tell people, if you get through to one person, if one person got an insight because of something you did or said, it was worth it. Yet we hold ourselves back. We're so afraid of judgment. We're so afraid that we have to be perfect. And if we're not perfect, then who are we to say or do anything? But the truth is that when we are in that perfectionist mode, we are so self-critical, we shut ourselves out of flow state. We can't even get started. We do one little thing and we tell ourselves it's no good and we start over rather than just going with it and not overthinking it and letting one thing lead to another and trying things and experimenting and moving fluidly until you get somewhere that you feel really good. So imposter syndrome is just another way that your ego is trying to protect you. Last week, I did a podcast on just that question, can you have high confidence and low self-esteem, which is very tied to imposter syndrome because confidence means you know what you're doing, but self-esteem means you're allowing yourself to do it. You're allowing yourself to put it out there, to feel good about it to push it into the world, not wait for somebody else to discover it. When you're in that imposter syndrome state, it's all about self-judgment, self-judgment, self-judgment. And it creates a certain tension in the way you show up, which other people read. Remember, we've talked many times about how our senses bring us billions of bits of information every second. 
we're not consciously aware of all of that because our brain has gatekeeper functions. But just because you're not consciously aware doesn't mean you didn't get the message. So because we're hardwired to connect with others and resonate with others, we are attuned to the energy that people give off. So somebody who is at ease, who is happy, who is positive, is like a magnet. We just want to be in their presence. No matter what they say or what they do, we just want them. Someone who, regardless of their capabilities or skill set, is so tied in knots of self-judgment and nervousness and fear and worry that they can't relax. They can't be in the moment. They can't read the room. They can only focus on themselves. Is repellent. We pick up on that. So you could have two people give the same presentation and one could have half the amount of facts half the amount of expertise, and you will be hanging on their every word and walk away and go, wow, that was amazing, I learned so much. The other person could be far more knowledgeable, but you didn't really hear what they said. They made you uncomfortable because they were uncomfortable. And if somebody walked up to you afterwards and said, what'd you learn? I'm not sure. They said a few things about codes, but I don't know. I think I already knew that already. The kind of reception that you get is tied to how at ease you are. And again, it isn't about what you know. I can't stress that enough. It isn't about what you know. It's about what you're willing to share. Willing to share comes from a place of generosity, a place of giving, a place of here, take this because whatever you can do with it, good for you. Realizing that what we know is valuable, realizing that what we know helps people versus feeling that we have to dazzle and impress and be a certain way. Thanks so much as always for being part of this audience. I so value our community. Really appreciate the time that you took to be here. I know your time is valuable and you can do a lot of different things. And if you know other people who could benefit from this content, let's say you want to help some of those friends that you're worried you'll outgrow, grow with you. Let them know about this podcast share it with them, and rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people to find us, helps to build our community. By doing that, you are literally helping the world be a better place because we're elevating everybody and we're all connected. So if you are going to the AIA convention, in a couple weeks. I would love to see you there. So you can email me, Angela at architectingpodcast.com, or you can DM me through Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram at Architecting Podcast. 
let's meet up let's have coffee i would love to see you there take care for now and have a great day thank you for listening you made it all the way to the end of the episode which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You could follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.